mushroom hot cocoa that Dr. Will Bushewitz talks about in his book Fiber Field because the recipe looks really good and I'm always a fan of um, hot cocoa. So here we have some almond butter that we're going to be using, cinnamon, um, I'm going to use my yakin syrup, it's like the healthiest sweetener out there. I'm gonna use the Sun Food um, Maca Mushroom Mix. And the mushroom that's in here is Reishi, which Dr. Bolshewitz says is really good for immune boosting, which of course, right now, because you can't get enough immune boosting. And then cacao powder, of course, essential for hot cocoa. I don't usually use almond milk, but I got this just for this recipe. Um, it's not organic, but the ingredients are really clean, so I decided to go with minimal ingredients over organic. And um, it's actually from this side of town. I believe it's from New York. Um, and it's only filtered water and almonds, so. So we have to fill the blender um, with basically all of these ingredients to pulverize everything. I'm skipping the salt because I think I have enough salt in my day, so I'm gonna skip that. All right, so here it is, all blended, and now it's time to warm it up. So we're making hot cocoa, so we have the cocoa, now we need to make it hot. You may be asking why use um, raw almond butter and all these raw ingredients if you're gonna put it on the stove. We're just making this warm for a hot cocoa. And typically um, when you get raw stuff like unfiltered cold pressed olive oil, for example, or raw almond butter and things like that, they've gone through minimal processing with very little chemicals. And so we're trying to remove as many toxic chemicals out of our diets as possible because they tend to lead to disruption in the body. And um, so it's just for cleanliness as opposed to necessarily enzymes when you're making um, a warm dish or a warm beverage like this. Okay, so it's the taste test time. And it's, it's really, really good. Um, I tried it when it was like just halfway warm, so still parts of it were cold and it didn't taste that great. You could really taste the bitterness and you could taste like all the ingredients. But now that it's like more on the hotter side, it's really nice. It's still bitter, but I don't mind bitter. Um, and it's very warm and comforting. So let's try. Make sure if you want to continue to see more recipe videos that you subscribe to this channel, you like and comment. Let me know what you think about this recipe and um, the content of this video.
first we're making a salad we're starting with the spring mix I like to put this as the base get some big handfuls in Seaweed, snacks, adding the sea salt and vinegar. After the spring mix, the seaweed, we have uh, four to five pieces of sun-dried tomatoes. So let me get that together. Which mine are already julienne, so actually didn't need to do anything. They're julienne, they're not in any oil. There's the protein. And and salt because I like it how big this salad is just gives you an idea I got a big bowl and it looks great so these are all the ingredients nutritional yeast chickpea flour we have garlic powder, onion powder, chickpea flour, nori rolls. This is not for this. <laughs> this is not for this one. Carrot, liquid smoke, coconut oil. Not for this. We are prepped and ready. Okay, so now you're gonna mix up your the, the chickpeas flour with all your seasoning that you just blended.
with coconut oil. This is green onions, which is scallion, as you know, and uh, onion, yellow onions. Ca diced carrots, diced potato, diced bell pepper, it should have been green, but we have already improvised. Diced tomato, diced celery, hot scotch bonnet pepper, and this is curry powder, all-purpose uh, seasoning, smoked parkupa, and thyme. And a little pinch of salt and some molasses. And we are going to be browning our oxtail just now. Oh, and by the way, because we are making two different types, well, some people like fried I don't like the oil, so what I did with these, and they are so delicious. You could actually eat them now. I put these in the oven for 20 minutes, and they are nice and firm. So these are gonna be cooked separately in the same sauce, but they won't be in oil. So now mommy is adding this is to the, the no oil. To just see what's going on. Yeah. Alright, Ma. So tell me, how do you feel about the process of making it and then how the taste came out? Like were you surprised with the taste and No, I'm not surprised because all the ingredients that we use so far in it is ingredients other than the the mushrooms um, the ingredients is the same ingredients that we would use if we cook in oxtail mm -hmm. so no I'm not surprised of the it's just surprising to know that you can use a mushroom to make oxtail and um, it tastes pretty good yeah I think the biggest thing too was the rice paper giving it that uh, the, that yes, gelatinous, yes, taste, fleshy because, taste, the gummy type, yeah, yeah. Taste, yeah. But if, how do you feel about? Because there's also a taste of barbecue almost in it. Because of the that's the yes, that's how it's supposed to taste. Yes, um, the smoked paprika, yes, yeah. But it, it's it's amazing. It's nice, very delicious. I like it. So you made the saltfish, and you would give that. Uh, but this one is the one without the oil. 
Right. So oil to some people tastes very good. But to, to you, how you feel? I just don't like too much oil in my food, but I would make it because I baked these, I didn't fry them. Mm -hmm. So if you think, I mean, it's up to your taste because the, the fried one gonna taste much better because when you brown them, you actually get that ox daily taste. So uh -huh. it's gonna have a different taste to it. All right, so yes. we'll see. Okay. All right, Ma, it's Thanksgiving Day, and here is everything we have on the table, ready to enjoy. Beet and carrots, vegan sawfish, vegan oxtail. This one is no oil, this one is with oil. Red lentil soup, we have salad, rice and peas, sorrel, and zucchini bread and gazada. And we have red and green cabbage. All right, Ma, so we just saw the hot cocoa that I made, which is actually out of Will Bushowitz's book, Fiber Fueled. I'm um, still reading. Yes. Uh, so I forget the actual name of it, but it was something hot cocoa, something with mushrooms. And I used that reishi mushroom um, mix from, um, anyway, you all saw the product that I use. Uh, and it was really good. So, you, you know, we've talked on the podcast recently about how it's cold. So, you know, having some warm things to drink, and this is a warm thing. I basically blended all the stuff and then I warmed it on the stove. Um, and so, yes, technically at that point, it's not raw, but it's still a healthy, clean drink. And that's really Thanks. for me, ultimately, the purpose of like why I eat raw other than the enzymes is that I'm using raw ingredients and keeping things as minimally processed as possible so that I'm not including in my body all this, you know, additives and toxic stuff that makes you feel horrible, you know, and accumulates toxins in the body that lead to dis-ease and, you know, dysbiosis and things like that, hormone mm. imbalance, all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Um, so then we saw this salad that I made, um, which is salt and vinegar season, lots of color, which is really great. I think that one of the great inspirations from this book, raw foods on a budget is a different way to utilize, um, seaweeds and seaweed snacks, mm -hmm. like instead of just like a, a seasoning kind of, but it's like, it's part of the salad, you know, and there's so many different varieties of of salads that you can do with that right um and you know it's funny I remember when we were promoting the raw food health empowerment summit a lot of the folks that I was interviewing with said you know oh people think raw foods is just salads but that can't be the case right and it's funny because no raw foods is not just salads but I do eat a lot of salads because I like salad and like when you're eating raw foods there's um in the raw food community, there's a lot of emphasis on fruit. And I like, I like salt. My body craves minerals. I think that's why I crave, you know, I like salt and I crave salt. 
Um, but I always have my fruit smoothie in the morning and I have enough where it's like my sweet fix is pretty much done after my 32, you know, ounce smoothie in the morning. So salads, that's, that is it, you know, <laughs> lunch and dinner, but there's variety there, just like you have variety with smoothies, you know? Right. And so I'm not anti-salad. I love salads. And like, I, let me just say something right there. See, when yeah. people think of salads, all they're thinking of is lettuce and tomato. There is a large variety of salads. And I, I think we've spoken up on that before. There's a lot of vegetable that can be eaten raw if you put it in the food processor or you grate it. So there is a lot of things that you can use and make a salad. And the meaning of salad to me is that you take a certain amount of a little bit of this, a little bit of that, you put it in a bowl, that's salad. Yeah. And you make your own favorite dressing and put on it. See, I, I, I like tangy stuff. People like sweet stuff. There's stuff out there for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. And right. for me, you know, like that's why I promote a high raw vegan diet. Cause like for most folks, their base for their meals, lunch and dinner could be like bread or rice, which I don't eat. So my base is um, salad, you know, <laughs> my leafy greens, my kale. And if I'm doing something cooked, it's like quinoa, you know? Yeah. Um, but when you kind of flip it like that, it's like, okay, I'm not doing bread. Instead of bread, I'm going to do greens. Then whatever you're eating, that's the swap that you're making. And that's kind of like how you gradually get into it and it becomes sustainable because you're not making a huge leap like, oh, I'm, I'm leaving my entire life of meals and doing this thing. No, you're just changing this one thing. Like everything, mm -hmm. if, if you are eating rice every day, swap the rice for greens, for leafy greens. And like, what does that look like? You know? Um, mm -hmm. And that's how you make the shift. That's like how you make the gradual shift. And, and for me, I love it. it there's, you cannot run out of salads to make. There's so many right. different combinations, you know. Yes, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's and this, especially you, you mentioned um, salad dressings, which are the seasonings. I mean, there's an infinite amount of different seasoning combinations. So even my husband, like, oh, oh my gosh, my husband is so good in the kitchen. Ma. The seasoning mix he made yesterday. I'm you telling send you, me, send me the recipe and the secret ingredient. He used something different. It's it's because, you know, um, there's a I'm gonna have to tell you offline because it's like it was so bomb. It was it was a combination that I have well, never know, had before. You know, I love your husband cooking. I'm afraid, <laughs> you know. yes. Yeah, he's really he's very skilled. Um, but this is something that's not even like it's not out. No one is doing it. It's a fusion of Ethiopian and um, the normal seasonings we use with some Ethiopian seasonings. And it's like, whew. so just imagine like, you know, when you, you, you do all these different things and we've, and even with the vegan saltfish, that was like a fusion of using like an Asian item yes. of the seaweed to make a Jamaican mm -hmm. dish. You know, exactly. it's like the possibilities. It's God's creation. That's how he created the world. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> so it always stays exciting and fun. And that's and how the world's supposed to be. Yes. Yes. And the vegan ox sales you made that we just saw how you labored blood, sweat, and tears. <laughs> this over morning that. I was saying, Sam. 
Mm. That I'll never make again. I think what I don't like about it is the wrapping that goes over it because I don't know. The it's a paper. fine thing. That's I another like, thing. Yeah. I felt <laughs> like I was eating plastic. So, so the rice paper is made from rice, right? And that's what Asian, in Asian cuisines, they use to make um, different wraps and stuff. Some of them are meat wraps or like fish, sushi stuff. But I've normally had it like in veggie wraps where they would, you know, put your julienne vegetables, like your carrots and things, and then you wrap it in the rice paper and you dip it in like a soy sauce. And so, so it's, that's a staple. So that's like even another example of how this vegan Jamaican dish, it got veganized using Asian influence because that rice yeah. paper is an Asian, you know, right. yes. the Asian communities, they're using that in different ways. Um, but that's, that was what gave it the gelatinous, you know, texture to really make it taste like meat. And honestly, it tasted too much like meat for my Well, you know, to palate. be quite honest with you, I enjoyed, I loved it. But if somebody else make it, I think I'll enjoy it more. It's so much work. Yeah. The meat eaters yep. at the table definitely loved it. Um, you know. yeah. And so for folks who are interested in trying it, I, I, I think it's Sister Vegan cookbook, but I have her, not Sister Vegan, it's Sister Woman or something. But the, the book, the title of the, the recipe book is in the show notes. So make sure you click the link um, at the bottom of this video. If you're listening on Spotify or something like that in the show notes, the link is there to the website with all the resources. So you can try the recipe. She has a ton of Jamaican Caribbean dishes, veganized. Right. Um, mm -hmm. So it's it's definitely a fun thing to try your next and I think I think someone have the same oxtail thing where they can put the bone in there and the bone is the the celery. Celery. <laughs> What's funny? Because Jamaicans need the bone. They need the bone <laughs> in the oxtail. They need the bone, honey. They need the bone. Okay. So you know January's get organized month. So we're getting organized with our clean eating, our goals, all the things that you know, make us feel happy and fulfilled because 2022, I think we all deserve some happiness. We've been through a lot of stress and burnout and fatigue um, and political tensions in our family and just all the things, right? Um, and of course, COVID-19. This recent article that came out, I wanted to share with everyone from the Epoch Times titled Why COVID-19 is Much Worse for People Who Are Obese or Overweight. We've talked about this a lot, but I don't think we can talk about it enough because throughout the pandemic, you know, they have been saying different media uh, has been putting out content, even some um, medical journals and things about the relationship between obesity and COVID-19. And while I, you know, I don't have TV, so the news I get in is curated, basically. You know, I get the skim in the morning. I get this um, one that's non-biased called 1840 or something for non-biased news, but it just runs down like what's happening in the world. Um, but when I was in New York, you know, the news is always on. And it seems like mainstream media is not really talking about all the things they're pretty much mm -hmm. focused on their talking points and they're not really doing a broad reach so i wanted to bring some stuff into play for folks who may not be seeing some of this stuff coming out from the medical community 
Um, so nearly 40% of Americans right now are obese, right? That's not overweight, right? There's healthy weight, overweight, obese, then morbid obesity, right? So 40% are obese, right? Um, according to the Mayo Clinic, people at risk for severe COVID include old, older adults, older than, you know, people over 65. They have more than 81% of deaths from COVID-19 happen to mm -hmm. people over 65. Patients mm -hmm. with heart and lung conditions, people with weakened immune systems, diabetics, and those who are battling obesity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Then um, March 2021, a CDC study discovered that approximately 78% of people who were hospitalized for COVID were overweight or obese. You know, mm -hmm. this article goes on and on. They reference the Journal of American Medical Association that pulls some other data um, showing that compared to people at a healthy weight, those with high body mass indexes had a 61% increased risk of death and a 33% uh, increased risk of hospitalizations. The more severe the obesity, the worse the COVID outcomes. So it's right. pretty clear in the medical community. I mean, this is not a woo-woo alternative facts or whatever. We have Dr. David Cass, a professor of cardiology at Johns Hopkins, telling the New York Times that fat provides a place for virus to hang out and replicate and wreak havoc on the immune system. And this is what they're noticing right now. So these are, you know, what I think most of us would consider reputable sources, mm -hmm. reputable people with credentials, mm -hmm. um, reiterating what I've been saying about who is being affected, right? Mm -hmm. And so that's why I've been really frustrated. And this is part of like the burnout that I'm dealing with right now, just to be really honest, is that somehow America found the money to give away free vaccines, yet we have communities under food apartheid. Food apartheid is what is happening in this country in 2022, where communities don't have access to fruits and vegetables, right? Mm -hmm. The stuff that actually builds your immune system. Um, there's a nonprofit I'm working with who's making appeals to the government um, on the farm bill to focus on fiber rich foods. These fiber rich foods, even, even more so, like more than over 90% of Americans do not eat the, the minimum required fruits and vegetables, right? Oh. Um, <clears throat> but small steps, let's go at least instead of all these subsidies to animal products that give us nothing but saturated fats, you know, how about subsidies for fiber foods? Let's get there first, you know, fiber rich foods. Um, and then on top of that, you know, this article, it, I mean, it's a really good article that I would love for all of you to read and share with your local um, politicians who are supposed to be representing you because they talk about fat, right? So it says fat tissue is full of immune cells. So in someone who is lean, the tissue secretes anti-inflammatory and protective factors. However, in someone who's obese, the fat tissue becomes unhealthy and dysfunctional and secretes chemical signals that promote inflammation. That seems to be what's happening when obese people come down with COVID-19. And then mm -hmm. they make the connection that glyphosate, so glyphosate is a herbicide. 
-hmm. And they're saying it causes obesity. And obesity Mm -hmm. is a strong indicator of glyphosate poisoning. Now, the only way to avoid glyphosate is to eat organic, right? Exactly, exactly. That's the only way that we could have with a clear conscience that we're avoiding it because the USDA organic uh, produce is not by law, cannot have that in there, right? But in some areas, even in New York City of all places, it's hard to get, right? They have a new device coming out, Sam, which I think everybody heard about it yesterday. I was watching it. It's a device come out. I don't remember the name of it, Mm -hmm. but it will detect all those chemicals in your food before you even eat it. And I'm looking forward to it. But the thing is that we know, I mean, that's great. The detection, mm -hmm. what I need is for our politicians to actually take action and make organic foods, organic fruits and vegetables more accessible to everyone, like financially and physically, like literally, even if you have the money, there are communities in New York city that can't even get, like they need to have a car and leave their neighborhood leave the city, go into Long Island or somewhere else to, you know, to get organic produce. And I just think it's so, it's so crazy. I mean, if that could happen in New York, just imagine in rural communities where money and resources is even harder to come by. Yeah. But we need, we need the volume of people to get to these Congress person or people that, you know, the people we put in office to step up on these things. But People have to voice these things because that's the only way that they can know about it. Right. So, so then we, there's the agricultural sending messages or letters to the churches mm-hmm. and the churches, uh, the pastors or whoever is involved in those, whoever is involved in those communication can give feedback to the Congress person. Mm-hmm. Like one church will speak for 400 people. Okay? That's how it works. But one individual cannot make a change. The change has to come from if you are involved with a club, a church, community, wherever you're involved with, community meetings, or the letter have to come from there to the congressperson. Yeah, and I'm going to push back a little because one person can make a change. Because even if you, like, for example, when you talk about a church, anybody at a church can start a food co-op right? Like you can, you can go to the church and say, Hey, we can, for the congregants buy organic produce in bulk from a a supplier, whoever supplies other places, maybe other stores that aren't nearby, but they can get for, because that's kind of way the food system works, right? For example, like when we had Earth Healing Cafe, the bulk of our organic produce was coming from a distributor called Goodness Greenness, right? How do you find these things out? You make phone calls. You talk to your Mm -hmm. grocery store. You see they have some organic stuff on the shelves. Where do you get your organic produce? You know, just start asking people and talking to people. Mm -hmm. And um, if you can buy in bulk, right? and then give it out. If, 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 the, if the church can't afford to just give away organic produce, then whoever comes in and buys into this co-op, they just come to the church and pick up their stuff or whatever, right? But the whole point is you, you get rid of the middleman, which is the grocery store, and you're dealing with the distributor, or you can deal with a local farmer or something like that. You know, you figure it out, you know, and this book, Raw Foods on a Budget, has a lot of great resources on 
cutting costs and things like that. But I think like the emphasis really, we need to focus on organic foods and minimize our consumption of chemicals. Mm -hmm. This is really killing people. It is. But I know that the churches supply food and, and, you know, for, for, um, people who is in need, you know, people who can't afford, you know, to even go to the supermarket. And yes, they're getting the food that is not organic. And this is the reason why I say if the churches will chip in, send a letter to the congressperson that they can supply these older people, because there's always seniors going to these places, mm-hmm. but they're getting all the food that is not good for their body. Yeah. And you know what? The churches need education. So I know everyone listening to our podcast right here, right? And it's you I'm talking to, right? You, the listener, the viewer who's watching and listening, all of these resources, this article that has all the verbiage, like literally I took this article, I reached out to Cory Booker. I reached out to some of the nonprofits, environmental working group, um, I reached out to you reach out to my my Gregory Meeks. Too? I reached out to Gregory because he needs to fix New York. Okay. <laughs> um, because come on now, you know. We have a new we have a new man who is into healthy eating. So yes, and he is hard to get. Like, I don't want to go through his campaign website. I was looking all over trying to figure out how to connect to him through his now mayoral email. And I couldn't figure it out fast enough. I'm pretty sure if I maybe spent a couple more days on it. So I, I skipped him. Um, <laughs> I, uh, but yeah, if you go to I, uh, one of the nonprofits that I'm really, you know, talk to a lot is um, Agricultural Fairness Alliance, AFA. They're the ones that I referenced. They're, they're working on the farm bill. And um, they have this section of their website that says, take action where you can go, there's a section to find your congressperson in the, U, the, in the House of Representatives. You put in your zip code and you can find your person and reach out to that person, like email them. The verbiage is there in this article, making the case for why we need to be supporting getting organic fruits and vegetables to communities and right. make it more accessible. Um, in this time of COVID-19 where people have been dying, the money is not the issue. We need, mm-hmm. we need will, political will. We need the, the politicians to understand that we want this for our communities. This is not just a, oh, it would be good to have. Like, no, this is life and death, you know? Um, so yeah, I just wanted to leave you with that. Since yes. we're getting organized and we're mobilizing, right? Yes, yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know if you had any closing words Mom? we're just looking forward for to the future and all the goodness that's coming through this podcast so and there's a lot of good stuff coming up so we're looking yes. forward to that yeah. yes like raw for lent coming up raw, raw um, for lent. and also this month i have some slots open on the calendar so if you'd like to connect for some, a health consultation um definitely hit me up and i look forward to talking to you so we'll see you guys soon <laughs>